Conversations with Catholic Voices. Tackling the tough questions with Daniel Noor and Catholic Voices Australia. Hello, Cradio listeners. Uh, thank you for joining us again in this, the second instalment of our discussion with Catholic Voices, an advocacy group for the church in the media today on the topic of abortion. I'm joined by Danielle Lupi. She is a uh, teacher and a mother. She lives in Melbourne and she loves the Catholic Church. And uh, she has um, offered her time for us today. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Okay, so we're going to pick up where we left off last time. We were talking about a saint in the church. Her name is Gianna Beteta Mola. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm not Italian. Uh, I I know of her that she um, was a very great woman, um, beloved in the church, and that her story is that she sacrificed her own life and uh, uh, risked it by choosing to have a child, even though uh, the chance chances of her own death would maybe be higher because of that. In the end, she did die, and the child lived. Uh, now she was uh, not, so she did not choose to have a hysterectomy. And all I wanted to ask on this topic, um, Danielle, was. Isn't it possible sometimes that in our uh, earnestness to uphold the church's teachings that sometimes we do not make the medically responsible choice in the same way that in some religions a kind of refusal of medical help costs people their lives? Well, I think in this case of St. Gianna, um, it was her own personal choice. The, the Catholic Church obviously would have allowed a hysterectomy in this, in this um, you know, situation. But her own personal choice and love for her child and that, that self-sacrificing love was what drove her to make that choice. And I don't think we can, you know, ever, um, you know, hold anything against her for that. I think that's a yeah. great model for all of us, yeah. you know, sacrifice. And I think it's really important to note that, you know, the Catholic Church of today, you know, pours millions of dollars and, and you know, much funded research into better medical practices that, that benefit all. And so today that, that choice, um, you know, is not uh, not as common because the, the advances of our, our medical practices allow uh, a woman's life to be saved as well as the baby's because we can, you know, deliver a baby as early as, you know, 25 weeks if if I'm correcting that, and and still allow it to live, and, and still you know support it to live. Yes. Um. So no, I don't I don't believe that you know the Catholic Church is is pushing its ideology. It's what it is doing is um, proposing a way of believing, a way of valuing life, and uh you know a way of thinking, and we're free to choose it or not. You know, it's not pushed upon any of us. But we must always remember that the Catholic Church, you know, advocates all life as valuable and, and, and irreplaceable and important and special. Yeah. Um, and that's what we are called. Diana, Diana became a saint very recently. She's, I, I don't know when she was canonised, but I see here that one of her sayings was, if one were to consider how much Jesus suffered, one would not commit the smallest sin. And this is one, one of her sayings. So in any case, she's a greatly beloved saint. So uh, moving on now, we were going to ask, but before we finish last time, 
Isn't it possible to make it difficult, more difficult than it has to be for women? And one especially hears of this when you think of the kind of the shame and stigma culture that existed in Anglo-Saxon society in, say, the 50s and 60s, where if an unmarried young girl became felt pregnant, that she would be taken into a home, maybe run by nuns. You know, the kind of thing portrayed in films like Philomena, for example. Isn't it possible to make it more difficult for these young girls, assuming that any of them have chosen to abort, with talk of sin and punishment? I think the image that we all need to have for women who are contemplating abortion or, you know, have chosen this is actually the image of the Good Samaritan. And I think as a nation and as a church, we must really embrace these women. We must bandage their wounds. We must anoint them with the precious ointment and bring them to the end. And I think here... Um, we, we must bring them where they can receive the Lord's uh, love and support and, and, you know, the healing which they deserve. You know, you, you mentioned before that abortion is a very painful and very frightening and traumatic experience for everyone. And so, therefore, the only words that we must have, you know, every Catholic and every person is words of compassion, words of mercy, words of forgiveness and words to heal. And I think that that is what the Catholic Church is really doing now for thousands and thousands of women, women who have sought help from places like I mentioned, Walking with Love or uh, Rachel's Vineyard, have said, I, I remember on, on their website quoting, I finally found someone who just listened to me and didn't judge me. I found a place where I feel safe to look at this and to grieve and finally heal. This is the church and this is the message that we, we, you know, we must uphold. And I'd like to quote, if I may, from St. John Paul II in 1995. This is what he says to, to women. I would like to say a special word to women who have had an abortion. The church is aware of the many factors which have influenced your decision. And the church does not doubt that in many cases it was a painful and even shattering decision. The wound in your heart may not yet have healed. Do not lose hope. The Father of mercies is ready to give you his forgiveness and his peace in the sacrament of reconciliation. You will come to understand that nothing is definitively lost, and you will be able to ask for forgiveness from your child who is now living with the Lord. Mm. This is the church of 2014. This is the church that ministers to women who have had an abortion or are contemplating. And this is the, the, the real, true voice of the church now. Mm. Uh, that, that's certainly a very lovely um, quote there. It was from, from John Paul II, is that right? That's right. That's in his Evangelum Vitae. Yeah. I wonder, though, the... The the question is also, would the woman be feeling so guilty inside? Isn't it possible that sometimes the church's views and statements creates guilt? That there were there might not have been so much suffering in the first place if the church didn't make of this decision a a sin. And then for the the woman to have to bear the 
the judgment of that? I think the church has um, has made unimaginable, you know, errors of judgment. Have made many mistakes and have definitely um, furthered the suffering of many women. That you know that should never have happened. Um, but I think we should never deny that abortion in itself is painful and traumatic and does affect a woman's life not only at the time of abortion but also into you know into her future. Mm. You know, I, I feel incredibly sorry for the many women who did not receive the love and support that the church offers now uh, in the past and, you know, I wish it, that it could have been different. Yes. And further to this, we have looked at the way that abortion um, is taught in the ch- in the church and the dogmatic beliefs of the church on the matter, and maybe uh, now we can look to the social repercussions of this teaching. Uh, Catholics have called abortion one of society's greatest humanitarian crises. Isn't this somewhat out of proportion? when other issues like man-made climate change, economic and social inequality, and disease still uh, are pressing problems for the world today and certainly for poverty-stricken parts of the, of the planet? Mm-hmm. Well, in our world today, there are between 30 to 40 million abortions performed each year. And to facilit- facilitate these abortions... There are millions of dollars poured into this industry and into developing pills to quicker abortion. And some of the greatest minds of our world that our world will ever know have been lost through abortion. Minds that could have found cures for much of the Earth's sufferings or minds that could have discovered better uses of our Earth's energy and so on. So human beings and governments have exercised their power and their voice to deny the fundamental right of every human being, which is to have life. And this right has been denied to persons who are not able to make themselves heard. And I think a society that sees a life as less worthy or less valued or allows a law that teaches women and confuses women to believing it's okay to deny their child life or promotes a woman's choice above all others, I think is a very sad and dangerous society personally. And, you know, we really do have serious issues in our world that require us to actually be unified and to pull our resources and our knowledge together and to heal and prevent these problems. So ending life and traumatising another's life, I don't believe is the answer. And, you know, what I, I really think that we deserve better than this. Every woman deserves better than this. You know, when we, when we as a world can see that every life is actually very sacred and very valued and irreplaceable, once you've lost that life, you, it's, it's a space in our earth that can never be filled. Just maybe then we'll be serious to generally care and look towards resolving the other problems in our world. Hmm. That's what I believe. Yes. That is, um, it's, a, it's a quite a, a difference in opinion. So, so there are so many people who say, you know, it's not a life. And life doesn't start until, you know, the uh, a certain period in the, um, I suppose, um, the the process of, of bearing a child or indeed when uh, they've been born or in any case it's not 
it's not yet a life. So then the alternative is that it is a life, and that actually there is a whole culture of murder going on um, in society today. Now, how do, and that, so that this is the claim of the Catholic Church, that there is, correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel, is that the case? There is a whole culture that doesn't value life and values a life above another life. And that's very frightening because what we're actually saying is that a life is only of worth uh, for what it can do to my life or what it can do for my life. Or a life is only valuable if it's capable or able or if it fits into my expectation of life or, you know, how, how I see my life to turn out. This is really dangerous territory, you know, because we're not actually seeing that every life is valuable and sacred and deserves the gift of life. Um, I feel very frightened to be in this sort of society. Mm. What do you think it will take for Catholics to really engage with the secular view on this, which is that it's a personal choice? Well, again, this is feeding into that that value which all Catholics believe in, and that is freedom of choice. You know that that is a value that we uphold. It's it's a Christian value. Um, but what we're what the um, abortion pro abortion movement is doing is is deceiving women, and you know w- women ultimately are the victims in this because they're deceiving them to believe that um, you know their choice personal and free choice um, to have an abortion is the best choice for their life. Um, and, and we can see that this is not true. This is a lie. And so I think it's really important to, to remember that, um, you know, that there's a lot of deception uh, in this. And I think the greatest thing that the Catholic Church can do is keep speaking the truth and keep being that beacon of light to truth and keep being that place where women who have had an abortion, um, finally find that place of support and love. And we can see many examples of this, um, you know, where women who have had abortions or have actually worked in the abortion um, clinics and, 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 you know, pro-abortion movement have now come and, and converted and seen that, um, you know, that they were living, you know, in a, in a dark shadow, in a, in a light. Um and we can see, you know, I remember, um, I've just forgotten her surname. Her first name's Abby. Uh, do you remember that, that lady in America? Who, I'm afraid not, no. Oh, she, oh, if I'll try and remember it. Um, she she uh, worked in an abortion clinic, which was called Planned Parenting. And uh, in that, she was being part of a 13-week abortion. And... Uh, She'd never sort of seen that, but she was, um, you know, assisting it. And in the in the when the abortion was happening, when they were actually putting the um, you know instrument in to to actually end the child's life, um, something happened which she'd never seen before, and, and which changed her her whole view and actually converted her. And what it was was um, she saw the baby when the instrument came close. The baby backed away. The baby tried to save its life. It went into, you know, survival mode. Um, and it actually backed away. And she she was stunned by that. 
she thought, you know, she had been convinced that this was a clump of cells, it wasn't a real person, it was just a fetus, it was an act of, you know, contraception, but it wasn't actually a life. And here she saw a life actually trying to save itself. Her name was Abby Johnson. Hmm. So you can just Google her amazing testimonies into that. So here, you know, to, to go back to your question, we're being fed a lie that this is not a child, this is not a, a you know, a human life. That, that's not true. And we're also being told that by exercising your personal choice, you will have personal freedom in life and you can resume life as it was. That is a lie. And we've got so much evidence to show that this is not what's happening for women. We're actually, you know, you know, doing a, a great disservice to women in our world and it's having a ripple effect in many families and throughout our society, you know. We're really harming the most beautiful um, part of humanity, and that is womanhood and motherhood. Mm. And and you would also say the unborn child. Definitely the unborn child. But I think, you know, what I'm trying to tap into is the lie that the pro-abortion movement make, and that is it's all about the woman. Um, mm. And so addressing that, we care about the woman too. Catholics are pro-woman. And we care so much for the woman, not only at the time of her pregnancy, but for the whole of her life. She deserves a quality of life that she was born and created for. Yeah, I, I, I just, um, I feel that that is ideally true, ideally true. But then what of women who, say, in certain parts of Africa where the uh, mortality rate of um, women dying during childbirth is very high, I suppose this is more a contraception question, but can't we just say that it's not always the case that one must be, like you said in our first discussion, led, I don't know if this came up, but it is a thought, led by biology, and that this is actually a statement from Humanae Vitae, uh, one of the questions raised there, which the encyclical goes on to answer is, is it not appropriate that in this age of reason and, you know, development and technology, that we should have the will supersede, in some cases, the demands of the body? That, that's well, quite a, think, a philosophical yeah. question, but is it always the case that just because one can have a child that one must need go ahead then and, and follow through? I think that, I think the Catholic Church is trying to, is trying to communicate a value for all human beings, that if we see life as as beautiful, as treasured and irreplaceable, that our whole human flourishing can be there and that our whole quality of life uh, will be better not only for women but for men, for children, for everyone. And I think this is what, you know, you, you're really trying to tap into and what this encyclical is trying to tap into, that if we start believing that life is replaceable and that life isn't important and that one's own choice or emotional or feelings are paramount, then we enter into a society that is, is, is quite frightening. Mm. And I think that's, you know, you call it an ideal, but I think it's an ideal that we should all have because we see the fruit and the goodness of it for all of humankind and for all of humanity. Once we start becoming a society of death, 
where does it stop? And and I think that's what we're trying to to bring that truth. And um, and yeah, you know, I really have faith in all human beings that that this is a this is a time in our life that is quite you know frightening. But I believe that that the truth will always prevail. And I think that we're already seeing because of the testimonies of women, change is already happening. And you know, I, I've have I have hope. I hope not too long we will see abortion just, you know, be be a thing of the past, be historical, a very sad time in our history, but something that um, you know, that just doesn't happen anymore. Yes. Danielle, thank you so much for your time. Um, listeners, we hope that you've listened, uh, well, not just listened, I mean, that is a bare minimum, but as well as that, benefited from our conversation. What we try to do here is to pose the questions that get asked in society and the prejudices that so many people have but maybe are afraid of raising because of fear that it's impolite when in fact really what is needed in order for the church's views to be well expressed and properly presented is honesty honesty on the part of the the person with questions and and that and that's especially what i i hope that we've achieved today uh, you can find some of the resources that were mentioned here uh, in the encyclicals online. They can easily be Googled on the Vatican's website. Uh, and also, uh, if you're interested in any other topics, we've covered contraception and uh, our discussion of the needs of the gay community and uh, other topics too. You can do that by looking up Conversations with Catholic Voices on Cradio's website. Thank you so much for your time, Danielle. Thank you. God bless you and God bless all your listeners. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Conversations with Catholic Voices. Stay tuned for more episodes at cradio.org.au and for more information on Catholic Voices Australia, visit catholicvoices.org.au. radio.org.au